Hello, welcome to Stack Attack. I'm Tom. Tom Howe. He's Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. Like he is every Monday. SME Futures, ouch, down 76 points. NASDAQ Futures down 292. Down Futures over 500 down. This is a, a brutal Monday morning after not a very good Friday. So, uh, matter of fact, this is a way of review. Let's figure out where the hell we were on Friday. Uh, we were down 98 in the Dow. We were down 23 in the S&P. Down 173 in the NASDAQ. This is after a very bad Thursday. Um, do we have Mr. Greg with us? Chief. How are you, buddy? Going, sir? I don't know. We're in the crapo here. In the crapo, what do you say? What's, uh... Uh, S&P futures down 80, as I see. Yeah, well, I got them, well, 76, They're, they've rallied. So... Ah, beautiful. You, uh... Funny. You sent me, did you send me something, uh, last night, some kind of a chart or something? Was that, when was it? When did you send the, uh... You sent me something. I send you all sorts of fun stuff at all times. I know, but this was, uh, this was, uh, you were comparing, uh, this sell off to, uh, 2000 and 2008. You were at something, you were, what was that? I remember seeing it, now I can't find it. I'm, I'm a Luddite, what can I tell you? <laughs> um, this one, let's see. It's the top of book liquidity. What, so what, is, what does that mean? That, um, imagine. You know the number one brokers on each side, and they're they're at the bid and ask, and their number of orders is about as low as it's been, and it, it going back maybe three years, I believe. Well, what uh, I'm hearing rumors that the few firms left that are uh, are uh, liquidity providers, they they do the work of the thousand market makers it used to. In my opinion, not very well. I heard they're having just a, a bang out year. They're doing spectacular. Um, yeah, the people who are having the good years are the uh, energy guys, so the energy companies and the uh, trading companies. Not so much the grain side in terms of food and energy. So I, I would say energy is winning that race. I'm talking about the people who provide the markets that are Florida markets just keep getting wider and wider. Um, we are, we have, uh, you know, for our stuff, we do the, our protected stuff. And we're narrower and narrower on the places we we even begin to do stuff in, you know. So we still zero in on the spots where there's liquidity. But man, if you get off the reservation at all, it's a uh, you know. I, I saw some stuff last week. Where one of my clients says, "What about this stack?" I said, "What about it?" The, the market in, the, in the one of these options was like fifty cents at five fifty. I mean, I said, you know, if we want, if the you open want, interest is uh, yeah. seven. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and you can you can still. Do stuff in there. When I say do stuff, if you uh, are are very bullish or very bearish, I mean if a stock is forty and you want to do an option spread, you could probably buy the forty fifty spread or the forty forty five spread out five months or four months or whatever. You know, ahead of whatever you think's happening in the meantime in the market, you could probably we can put 
that bid out there at a reasonable price. And if we don't get it, we don't get it. But if we do, you know, we've got it. And if the market goes your way, and if the thing finishes in the money, you're, you're going to be okay. You know, the, but the problem is, is you can't, we like to be able to maneuver up and down. And, uh, like if you buy the, well, for instance, the spiders this morning are down 749 pre market. So if we bought the, if we put you in the spiders here at 403.85, we might want to buy the, the 403 puts. Well, if the, to protect you, if, if it goes down to 395, we want to be able to roll those puts down to the 395s. I say buy the 395, sell the 403s in hopes of a bounce back. Uh, or, uh, we don't want to pay a dollar more than we have to for that spread. We want it to be liquid because if it bounces back the same day, we're going to turn that spread around and just make money on the put side and hopefully get back to break even on the, on the equity side. But you, you can't do that in some of these stocks. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know where people get these stocks, and they say, "Well, what you know, what can we do with this?" And I said, "Well, you know, if you if you want to put a uh, you know a one year insurance policy, can you bid for the puts one day and just leave mine for a year? Yeah, you can do that, but uh, that's that gets tedious. I mean, uh, you do some of that in the we do some of that, Greg, in the people. You know, people don't want to do this as much anymore because of the China situation. But people always wanted to have uh, worldwide uh, equity exposure. I mean, you, you can buy a spread in the uh, developing markets ETF or the Chinese market ETF and out six months and if you're right you're going to make your money but you can't I mean I don't know you you guys uh, most of the stuff that when, you, when you're awake trading uh, people here are awake trading but if, if you're going to try and trade the Japanese market or the Chinese market or something when everybody there is asleep it's just not going to be liquid yeah right? you're you're, <laughs> you're going to have to take some offers or hit some bids and yeah. it's not going to be uh not going to be a skinny spread for no. me probably i'd say the minimum threshold for me to look at the equity options at least you know i got to have a couple thousand in open interest just to be comfortable jumping in oh yeah yeah and, and there's uh you know some of that not what i'm saying if you want to do a one-time trade I mean, could you uh, do a one-to-one spread if you were bullish the chinese market what, what's the thing that's not the em em is developing markets i don't know what the chinese chinese was i've traded it but i forget the name but could could you put the spread on in six months, hope to be in the money, so you don't have to trade out of it. Yeah, you can do that. I mean, it's sloppy, and you can't maneuver, but it's it's possible, right? Yeah, it's possible. J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs will let you do anything. Well, yeah. <laughs> Remember, uh, I don't know if you how much you've you've uh, read about the crash of '29. It was uh, it was so interesting that. There was kind Do of you a remember the crash of twenty nine. No, no, but I've, I've read about it. I remember. <laughs> I remember reading about it. How's that? That evidently there was kind of a mini crash in like March or April or May somewhere in there, and uh, nobody knew what to do. So they said, "J. Pierpont, Pierpont was it Pierpont Morgan? See, you need a you need a, one of these big time middle names, or else a, a Roman numeral at the end of your name. Because you know, you just it's Greg Pappas, like Tom Holland, just doesn't cut it." Not quite as interesting as uh, Pierpont. Yeah, because that shows you came from the Pierpont's right there on the other side of that. It's like it's like the Cabots and the Lodges. You were Henry Cabot Lodge. You know, you're both sides, or you'd be Greg Pappas. I think the uh, Laura Bush is uh, Fenner or Smith or whatever. One of the people involved in Merrill Lynch. All right, figures. Well, you so you could be like Greg Pappas the Fourth or something. It sounds you know it just just adds a little something. Just saying. GP four. Yeah, so you'd be, uh, that'd be, that'd be cool. GP4, I like that. 
<laughs> a lot of people in Greek culture actually are kind of like that because they just trade the middle names for the first names and they keep going that way. So. Well, remember the lady who was at uh, CNBC, uh, I don't know where else she went, uh, hispanically, Michelle Caruso Cabrera? Yeah. Then she got then she got married and they said she he went got, for Congress or judge or something. Yeah, uh, she did. She ran for. Uh, did she run for? Uh, did she run Somewhere against in New her? York? I think it was. I think house. she. I think she ran against Cortez and lost. Oops. Yeah. Well, Cortez is hot. We like her. Just, just saying. <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's doesn't hurt. Um, the. Uh, yeah, she she ran, but they, she got married. Somebody said, "Well, you can add another name." And she got now three's enough. She, she she couldn't go with the fourth. So, what is your boring. now? When you uh, well, I'll say wake up this morning when you knew last night the market was doing this. What 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 what, what what's your gut? Uh, I immediately checked the beans and the energies, but that's just because you know I'm kind of a food and energy trader loser kind of type guy. Uh, not too much action there. But in terms of equities, you know, if anything, if the VIX is over 30. Uh, VIX is great 30, almost 34. Well, you know what? It's it's starting, I mean, I, all the people that I do stuff with, I mean, everybody wants to be protected, right? It's starting to get, you know, I I think if you if you drop me $5 million out of your petty cash account today, I'd have, I'd have trouble putting $2.5 million to work, Greg. The puts are expensive. Insurance is. Oh yeah, I think the insurance I mean, is too expensive. Do you really want to be paying up for all those, all those options? Well, the the thing you can do is you you can sell calls against it. But the problem there is if you're if you're bullish and think there's going to be a bounce back, you don't want to get the calls and the money in two days. But I've been worried about you know if my clients like to be long, especially my newer clients. So I've been, you know, I've been uh, being careful on selling the calls, or I've been selling them out of the money. And to be honest. We have not maintained uh, the time decay that we've been paying on the puts. So when the market's down, I'm going to say after today, the, the queues are probably down, what, 25% on the year? I'm going to say we're down two or three. But it's still not winning. Sounds like a winner. Uh, eh, well, not to me it isn't. I mean, but it, <laughs> it, it, you know what? what is the difference? The difference is I keep thinking we're going to have these snapback rallies, and we've had a couple of them. But uh so I mean if I were to buy the the spiders this morning it's at four oh three down seven seventy. I'd probably sell like the you know the, the the fourteen calls or something. So I'm really not gonna pay for my four oh three puts. I'm looking for a little bit of a bounce. Which you uh-huh. know, and uh but if I don't get it, you know, I'll have my protection. If it goes down another fifteen bucks, instead of losing fifteen, we'll lose, you know, four. Or something, and make back one on the calls, but it's not. We're not making it all back on the calls because if if there's a mistake in what I've done from between now May and January, looking backward, is I was too, I was too easy on the call sales. Because well, in my in my tiny head, when you talk about a month, I go to the VIX and look at it as like a what a ten percent with with the VIX trading thirty four or so. I look at it as kind of like a ten percent move each each way, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Well, it's uh, you're, that, that, that's the annualized volatility is thirty four. I mean, good lord, for for an index, that's un, that's well, for a of. month. Yeah, for a month, I I, I would say probably ten percent, and just kind of work around that. If I'm bullish, you know, I'm buying the five percent dip and the ten percent dip, 
and then letting it out even and and five percent higher well plus if you if you sell some calls you're not making any money well you're still gonna make some if you sell a call for five bucks a week before expiration thirty dollars out of the money the damn thing's still trading for two and a half you know, I mean, they really oh. don't come down because people. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, they're, they're really not not coming down. I mean, that's uh, you know, that's the scary part of it. I mean, let me give you kind of give you an example here. I'll kick up the spiders uh, as soon as I can find them here. Uh, there we are. You know, I'll just I'll just I'll just throw. Oh so yeah, it's like for this month in the spiders, if it's four eleven, or where where is it? The well, spiders are now four oh three, but they they closed. They closed at four eleven on Friday, so that's how far down we are this morning. Yeah. So for next month I'm buying say three seventy five and and three yeah, three three sixty five, three seventy five and I'm selling four hundred and four thirty. And on a on a call side or a put side? Oh you're, well, you're on the as it drops, you know, I'm selling yeah. the 375s and 360s and then as it as it rallies I'm selling the uh, say 420s and 440s well today's the 9th right so I'm, I'm looking at the, the calls for Wednesday calls for the 424s now this is uh, Friday night Wednesday you got 3 days right by my count uh, which would have been even at 411 it's $13 out of the money the suckers are 95 cents so now today, even down seven dollars, I'll bet this morning they open up at fifty-five or something bizarre like thirteen dollars. I mean, that's nothing. Yeah, well, that's that's my point. We you always know, keep going down. <laughs> so yeah, you know, thirteen dollars is three percent move, right? So right, three percent move. It's already pricing in a two percent move per day. So you're in a day and a half. Right. Yeah. It's. But I mean, it's this. These these numbers are. But what what do we as as we drain. Out of the the wealth, I mean, I, I've got. I don't even want to go into. It's not the people that are that are my clients that I'm dealing with, uh, Greg. Most people are you are talking friends. about the people who went to Miami and paid three thousand for dinner. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about people that are you know. You, you talk to uh, a lot of people with, with money all the time. They always want to kick the tires. They always give you the, well, how much are you up like last month? You know, kind of thing. I mean, it's. it's it's all about the, pl- the the plan and the strategy going forward. My answer always is, I wish I could trade last year, but I can't. we got to trade this year. What, what do you want to do? Do you want to protect it, not protect it? Do you want to do any kind of covered rights? Do you want to just be long? Do you want to be long call spreads? Do you want to just be long stock? And, you know, people are going to do what they want to do. I mean, so it, it's not about me to d- dictate. If, if, I knew, if I could tell you, oh, the market's going to be here in June, well, first of all, neither you nor I would be working, right? <laughs> Right? Why would we be working? I think that would be the golden goose. Yeah. Well, but what, what really comes down to us us deciding on a strategy, in in me doing what I do best, which is execute the strategy better than you could do. Really, it's not me to determine that the market's going this way or that way. I wish I could, but I can't. But if we if you want to be protected, I can do that better than just about anybody, in my opinion. Because you know, because that's what I've done forever, and uh. But if you just want to be long the market and just want to buy stuff, you probably don't need me. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I, if you ask me which is going to go up higher, you know, NVIDIA or Microsoft, I have no idea. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, by the way, neither does anybody really probably, but everybody will tell you they do. Uh, 
but it's all about some kind of a strategy. But I've got I've got guys that they see the market doing this. They want to talk maybe next week about getting protected. And, and one thing, Greg, you've been on a trading floor. One thing, if you if you feel for a second that things are looking wobbly, you you got to do something. I, I traded in a pit with 350 people. I don't know if you remember the OEX one in heyday, but and there, were, there was customer order books in the back, so. Uh, I can explain that, but I won't. I mean, I could, but it takes too long. But anyway, these are customer orders that had to be traded. F- they had to get the trade before uh, we could trade it. Okay, so, you know, contrast to today when they can trade at a different price than you and I can for payment for order flow. It's kind of a different world. That's why I'm not so happy about today's world, but that's another story. But if, if you thought for a second, if you saw like a 100 lot of puts in the book, even a 50 lot or 20, whatever it was, if you thought for a second... Man, those things, this market don't look so hot. I better grab those things. If you didn't do it, someday, somewhere, way after my lifetime and maybe yours, uh, somebody's going to figure out that there, there's such a thing as mental telepathy. Because if you thought about it and didn't do it immediately, somebody within like eight feet of you would do it. It's, it's scary how, that, how many times that would happen. Say, I better get those. No, nah, I won't. All of a sudden, it's the guy next to you. 80 puts, 40 minutes. <laughs> that type of thing. He, he, I'm sure, I don't know if you, if you ever noticed that in the pits on the board of trade floor or something. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, it's like a herd mentality, kind of. It, if we're all thinking the same thing. Everybody's got a lot of uh, similar positions on, you know. So if, if anybody's a little skittish about something, that shows up, and then that compounds, and then it's just, uh, you know, emotions, and that's what the market is. Well, yeah, and they, but if you think it for a second, somebody else it seems like they land, or also maybe they were thinking about it before you did. That's possible too. But what I'm saying is, is now, what is your gut on this? Everything is down. Gold's down. Silver's down. We don't want anything except oil's the only thing that's up because there seems to be, you know, a short, well, probably is a shortage of that. Or maybe guys are just, uh, bringing the price up or whatever, whatever's happening. I'll tell you what, the expressways are mobbed. And, uh, cause I was driving huh. around this weekend and, Maybe because people aren't picking, taking public transportation. But what does it, what does it say to you? I'll launch into some sociology. When you're driving through Hubbard's Cave or even on the Stevenson with the window open, all you, all you smell is hooch. And you're not the one smoking. That, that we need, we need a bunch of idiots on the road because everybody's driving like a maniac. And they're all high. This, this is okay. <laughs> I mean, what, I mean, I mean how, you're driving down the expressway and all you can smell is marijuana. I mean, what, is this okay? Well, driving down the highway, uh, <laughs> hopefully you're not stoned, but if you are, I hope you're going slower because well, at least if you're in a, a kind of dangerous. Well, at least if you're in a VW microbus, you're going like 40 miles an hour. You know, you ain't gonna hurt anybody. <laughs> Maybe running on biodiesel. <laughs> yes, yeah, or something. I mean, uh, but right now, what do you? If you had a client, you know, I'm gonna have people calling today. You know, what do we do? But there's guys. You know, I, these are people that I don't. They aren't clients. Uh, but they've called and they'll tell me their positions and they sort of want to do something and then, but they really don't. And then, uh, really, they sort of are thinking the market will be a little too high. Will you want to protect it? Nah, I really don't. It's almost, it's almost like they don't want to, like they owe these companies something. And even, even some, yeah. like some mental vibe that if I, if I want to protect my Apple or my Nvidia or, or God, my, my Tesla, Elon Musk. Meanwhile, this guy's been farting around with, with Twitter and, and where's his, where's his Tesla stack now? It's down, you know, how much on the guy? It's, it's it's what's it trading eight twenty now or something? Let me find it here. It's eight twenty two. Thing was what eleven $1, hundred hours three weeks ago. Like that's a lot of dough. 
or ten fifty. Yeah, in my tiny head, uh, I'm I'm thinking about time frames. So, looking at time frames, if the S and P over time is going to be seven and a half to ten percent compounding, um, and we're down four percent in one day, you know that that's uh, <laughs> that's half a year. So I might very well put in some money just because I know over time, you know, that's probably going to work out. But uh, well, you plan on having great grandkids? In whose time? You got great grandkids? <laughs> well, if in, again, in my head, I'm only playing with dividends and cash right. coming in. So, assuming that I'm I'm not I'm protected, or assuming I am protected, and I'm just playing with the dividends, I'm saying, how much do you really want to buy in? Well, the market's off. I don't know, ten percent from its highs. So that's maybe a year in some. So maybe I'm taking, you know, a quarter of a year or a half a year's income and maybe putting some to work. Well, yeah, I mean, if you, if you, if you, if you're being guaranteed, I, one of my, one of the guys I do business with, he's one of the other uh, employees, uh, marketing guys and some trader from one of the places. Nice kid. And, uh, he's, um, he's really in, into, he grew up in a lot of these New York firms, right? Some of the stuff that these firms put out to people, because he has access to, because he worked there, he has access to some of their presentations. God sakes, Greg, they're they're damn near they're they're they're, they're going to give you it, it's embossed, it's beautiful. Whoever did it, it they're guaranteeing you basically ten percent a year if you're forty five. That if you keep giving them, if you give them your two million bucks, you give another you know half a million that quarter, half a million, but uh, another hundred thousand a year because you're making that much money. They're going to make you 10% a year, no matter what. And by the time you're 65, you're going to be, like, you know, uh, beyond the dreams of avarice. And uh, they're, they're putting this in presentations, for God's sake. And I can, I can, yeah, name, I can name you three seems a little fishy to me. I don't yeah. know if that's, you know, that's, like, kind of guaranteeing the future, like what you yeah. said earlier. I'm not sure if that's possible. I could give you three decades in my lifetime when the market didn't go anywhere. It was actually done. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you, the, the buy-and-hold strategy... It's totally dependent on when you bought and when you held too, right? Oh, it's all about price. Yeah. How many? How many of them? When you talk about historical market data, how many of those studies started the day after the nineteen twenty nine crash instead of the day before? That would seem to make a big impact. Huh? Uh, it would make quite a quite an impact, I would think. Um, well, what do you, now? What do you make of we're in this mess? People are starting. They have some issues. Well, are we in a mess? I mean, no. I think we're in a lot better scenario than, say, Europe or Russia. Or, well, we, we, we still have the dollar. We still have energy. We still have food. So other places are in a mess. I'm not so sure. You know, here, if we could if we could not kill each other with politics, we, we'd be in a really good spot, I think. Well, I mean, the, but there's, what I guess what I'm talking about is, in terms of the, the our potential as a country to do good going forward, Despite some of the stuff that's, hap- that's happening in Chicago, uh, is is it possible for us to still be okay? Yes, I think I believe I'm with you. The answer is yes. But in terms of of the market, on twelve thirty one twenty twenty one, the the Nasdaq, the Qs were at three ninety seven eighty five, and now I got them at uh, uh, three oh one. So we're down ninety six points. That's twenty five percent in what four months. 
Yeah, and a whole bunch of those stocks are down like 50 and 70 percent. Yeah, yeah. And, then, for those. and some of them are still... That's what happens when you don't make money. <laughs> well, and some of them are, are still 40, 50 times earnings. And, you know, so oh, can, spectacular. Yeah, you know, it's so a great can, buy. Yeah, so can they continue to go? The answer is yeah. But I'm saying that, but I mean, in terms of the wealth lost, that's dramatic. And you notice that, uh, I'll say your government, but I guess they're mine too. Uh, one thing they will never change. I'm convinced because when I started, the Dow was at 800, roughly, and if you lost money, you got to deduct 3,000 a year capital gain towards your ordinary income. Here we are with the Dow. Even now, is it uh, what, what the hell are we on the Dow? We're 33,000 roughly. We'll be down. We'll be down from that today. It's the same number. So how many people invested in this Bitcoin? Invested in. Uh, all these things in the last year, and they're now down way more than three thousand dollars. They're just going to suck up that money. They can't. They can't well, deduct it against anything unless you had gains somewhere else. To me, the Bitcoin people are like the icing on the cake. I don't think that's really driving the bus on too much. But if you're down, if you're down, say I don't know half on Bitcoin, you know what were you up in the first place? Did you take any of it or? Oh no. I, I, no. To me, it's kind of a it's a sideshow. Well, it's a trillion. Allegedly, I was reading this weekend. The, the I don't know where it is now because it's down some, but was it the market cap was a trillion six? That's a real number. Yeah, I mean, but we throw around a trillion, you know, in stimulus packages. So, what do you and I start throwing around? We should start throwing around trillions. They do, didn't they? What wasn't the last one? No, 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 I'm talking about them. I'm talking about you and me. Oh. He's got to find it first. Even, even Matt said Matt wants to be included if we got a trillion. I can, yeah. I can tell by you that by his, by, by his tone of voice. We're, we're kind of. We're, I'll go with you guys if you got like a trillion. Greg, <laughs> thank you very much, buddy. Uh, yeah, there's not much to really. We'll have to see what happens here. You and I will talk during the week, and we'll see you next week. But SP futures now down 85. I think is that the low, Greg? I think it is. Uh, down 85. Nasdaq futures down 338. Ouch. Be back, Mr. John Flanagan. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. 
Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Right now. Hello, right 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 welcome back to Stacks and Jackson. I'm Tom Howley, Mr. Matt Byrne on the, bo- on the board. SP Futures down 83, NASDAQ Futures down 328. Yeah, it's, it's ugly here. Dow Futures down 558. Um, I don't know, there's not a whole lot you can say about this one today, other than we're down. Dex down 242, that's 1.8%. FTSE down 141, 1.9%. Kakaron down 131, that's 2.1%. So across the board, roughly 2% over in Europe, so ouch. Uh, Nikkei down 684, that's 2.5%. Uh, Shanghai actually up 2 bucks, we'll call that flat. Uh, Hang Seng, uh, not so much. Down 791, that's, that's 3.8%. So uh, those guys, they're down to 20,000, which is... Uh, I mean, uh, tomorrow, maybe I'll go through a little, a little history of where these guys were. The, the Hang Seng is probably down more than just about anywhere. On Friday, we weren't down as much as uh, on uh, Thursday. Uh, Dow was down 98, S&P down 23, NASDAQ down 173. That was down 1.4%. So NASDAQ keeps getting drilled. It's down, right now, it's down like on 25% on a year, and we're only like second week in May. Uh, bonds, 10-year uh, rate is up 5 uh, basis points at 317. The bond 1.17. We spent, God, 10 years on the show to think negative. Uh, Japan uh, unchanged at, at tw- uh, 0.25. I, I don't even want to see what, well, I'd love to see what the European Central Bank, the value of those bonds, they were buying all those bonds at negative interest rate. They got marked to market. Their, their portfolio has to be absolutely getting its ass kicked. I'm sure they'll say they did it for the right reasons and it doesn't matter, but you know what? It matters. Uh, oil. Uh, up down 262, 
Brent down 243, 109.96. Natural gas down 7 cents, 7.96. We've got gold. There's nothing going up here today. Gold down 25 bucks, 1.3%. Silver down 61. Trading 21.75. Even copper's down 13 cents, 413. And last but not least, Bitcoin getting its ass kicked. Down 16. 1682 to 32,912, a long way from the $65,000 high. Uh, hope there's better news, traffic, weather, sports. The Cubs, Cubs can be the worst Cub team I've ever seen, man. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're horrible. Yeah, they're not doing too great. Uh, 6.36 a.m. on Monday, May 9th, 2022. Let's get you into sports real quick. NBA, Mavericks versus Suns. Suns lose 101 to 111. 76ers against Heat. 76ers win 116 to 108. In baseball, White Sox win against Red Sox three to two. Cubs lose a, to the Dodgers, a brutal one to seven. Yeah, Diamondbacks. The game was not as close as the score would indicate. Ah. <laughs> Diamondbacks beat down Rockies four to zero. Now on the weather, uh, better news. Uh, partly cloudy in Chicago, 53 degrees. A little brighter out this morning. Uh, it's looking a little nicer in Chicago. High of 79, a low of 53. In Phoenix, clear skies, 70 degrees, a high of 86, and a low of 63. Uh, different news in traffic, though. Uh, eastbound on the Eisenhower, uh, backed up all the way to U, uh, uh, to Ronald Reagan, uh, starting at uh, U.S. Uh, Highway 45 to Des Plaines Avenue. That's caused by a disabled vehicle block- blocking the right lane before Wolf Road, exit 16. Eastbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland Avenue and Foster Avenue, there will be uh, traffic and delays. Uh, traffic westbound on Dan Ryan between 47th all the way to downtown. And no- finally, northbound on Stevenson, uh, traffic between U.S. 12 e- uh, East and South Kedzie Avenue. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you. We have Mr. Flanagan. You sure do, Tom. Good morning. Good morning. I'm glad to have you here, but I think we really need Dr. Blade. We need to get shrunk, don't we? Yeah, I think we all need a, you know, some time on the couch. Right, this is... This is about I, uh, an interesting weekend. I was uh, hanging around with some right-wingers, serious right-wingers, and it's that's brutal. Um, just saying, you're not you're not you're not of that ilk. You're you're at least reasonable. Uh, but I mean, it's it, it, it is it is absolutely so scary. The stuff you that you hear and you read, and why do people? I uh, was. I had to mention to these two right wingers. Not one of them, you know. Not, not one of them was my girlfriend, but just saying. Uh, you know, the weird part of it is, Jan, the the big lie used to be, you know, you had to be like a president or a Fuhrer or somebody to do a big lie. You had to be a, a big shot or somebody in a position that you would never think would be lying to you. Now all you have to do is throw something on Twitter, and you can you can change the world if if, if it just catches fire. All I heard this weekend was the guy who uncovered the. The twelve thousand votes that especially got cast for Biden that didn't exist or something. Can we get over this? I mean, I got over to hanging chads, you know. After a while, I mean, okay, Bush is in. What am I going to do? <laughs> you know, let's, let's just make the best of it. I mean, what 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 is, what is this whole? Are we still driving up the same road with all this stuff? I mean, everybody knows. Are you referring that, to the, the Dinesh D'Souza film, the. 2,000 mules that came out. Um. I don't know. But somebody was talking about 12,000 votes here. And I'm sure there were, let's put it, this whole idea that somebody comes out and says, I don't care if you if you vote for me, but it's, it's more important than you vote. That's such a load of crap. <laughs> if you're not going to vote for me, why do I want you there? I mean, I mean, we're from the South Side. Who's kid who? Right? I mean, I mean, the, the Democrats continue to try and drag people out of the woodwork to vote. And the Republicans 
try and stop anybody who's not going to vote for them from voting. I mean, this has been a game for as you and I were kids, right? Well, what's changed? I think you know, the 2000 election has, I'm sorry, the 2020 election has been um, pushed, you know, to the side by as many people at the top as possible, and not just, you know, Democrats, but Republicans too, because it is such a, a frightening prospect. And once people lose faith, faith in elections, um, and the process of counting votes and, and the accuracy of polling and everything else, they, they lose confidence in everything else, too, and, and there goes the whole system. So um, I've not seen the, the, the Sousa film yet, although I, I plan on, on streaming it to, to see it, because the reviews are absolutely, you know, full of praise. Uh, and that's why I'm not, I have never completely discounted the level of fraud in that election. Um, this apparently codifies it and makes, you know, a, a, an extremely strong case that it was rife and that it was enough to tip the balance in favor of Biden. So, you know, I never believed the way it was being portrayed initially as a fair election. And I think the Democrats have tried for a long time to make unfair elections the norm. And you can see it in, in Illinois for most of our lives with the way the slating process takes place and the way, you know, so many races are unopposed. They don't actually maybe miscount the ballots, but they might as well be doing that. Well, nobody... The process is twisted. I, don't, I, would, I would say that... <coughs> I, mean, I keep looking. By the way, I was going to talk to you a little bit, John, about this uh, shindig I went to on Thursday, and uh, I, I can't get over the difference in these districts, these maps. I mean, we had the, uh, the, 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 the repo- city ward maps. Do you mean no, no, no. no. Well, that that you know more about than me. I'm talking about the uh, representative oh, the, districts, the legislative districts, yeah. generally. You know, yeah, and the battles over them too. Well, yeah, and everybody is. Uh, I was surprised. Well, this one, this I went uh, last week. Should have dragged you with, although. The suburban was full. We had five people in the suburban, so we'd have, well, we would have kicked one of the other guys in the back. You'd been a senior. You'd called back. One of the we would kick one of the other. Fetal position. No, no, you, 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 you're older. You, 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 one of the other knuckleheads would have been in the back. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, we, uh, and, and this, this, this is the first district. This is Bobby Rush's district. So I looked at the old map, and to try and get the, the two maps together is damn near impossible. But at least for me, it is. But I find that the new map has. Well, this district starts roughly where the Stevenson meets the Ryan, right? Which is kind of an odd spot. So it's like near Southside. It extends and it used to take a, a whole bunch of a uh, little bit Oak Lawn, some Evergreen Park, I think, all all of Chatham, all of Avondale, all of uh, uh, what's, what's the one near Southside, Bronzeville, all those areas, and then it goes all the way out to like. Uh, uh, What's the way Mantino? Not Mantino, but all the way down past Route Thirty. And you know, this is the oddest looking thing. It's like a big slice out of it, but it had this big bulge in the city, to where if you essentially got the African American vote, you were gonna you're gonna overrun the people from Manhattan, Moni, basically. Uh, well, now the whole, the whole and it, it also included most of Orland. And I was wondering why our the man who came on the show. Uh, uh, Keith Peacock, our buddy, why he's determined to run. Because the 6th District used to be west of Orland. And Orland was in this 1st District. And I'm looking at I finally got the 2nd map there, the new map of Orland. I'm going, no wonder he's running. Well, he's running because he wants to run. But also, I, I didn't realize, I didn't, I'm thinking if he was going to run for an area, 
a, a district where the, his stronghold didn't wasn't included in there. That kind of makes no sense. Well, it turns out that that district, the sixth, now includes all of Orland, and that got essentially taken from the first district. So this lady's from Chatham, so she lives in an African American neighborhood, and uh, but now I gotta believe there is way less African. It, it includes Robbins and Crestwood and those places. I, I mean, it's got to be way less African American votes versus white votes. That's why there's what there's ten people running for the Democratic side, like five. I don't know. There's at least five, I think, for the Republican side. So, what, are you running? Everybody else seems to be running for that spot. And, uh, but it, it's. It, it's really strange uh, to me, Jan, how this all comes about. And and in regards to the voting stuff, I I believe is that my because then I went to a place where everybody's Democrat yesterday. I believe that the that the mail-in voting in some states happened way too quickly. Uh, where Lou says in, in places that have been doing it for years, like Colorado and Oregon, and places where you know you live far away from people. Because they got it, they got it down pretty much to a science. It's been that's what they've done forever. So it's not forever, but for a while, and they doesn't seem to be any problem with it. Now, do I think that someplace new? But think of it as the election really wasn't even close. And on the, on the either way, I mean, I, I mean if you if, certainly if you looked at the uh, uh, the whatever, just the amount of the, the general election, right, it wasn't even really close. So I, you know, I, it, but I'm saying at this point you sort of got to get over it. I mean, the idea that, that that Trump won anything is still and still was a viable candidate. I mean, really, I mean, I mean we, we need to be over that. We need to be over Biden too next election. I mean, I'm not I'm not taking one side or the other. I'm saying we need we need some new leadership that is that is going to get us out of this mess, not just put us further and further in. I mean, look what's happening in the market. You drive down the expressway, everybody's stoned. I mean, I mean, and I, and this. Did you read about this? This uh, are we ever going to get a bottom on this violence in this city where somebody says enough? I thought for sure John was going to be the kid on Lakeshore Drive to get shot in a car at noon. This thing in Lincoln Park is about as brutal as I've ever heard. You know what I'm talking about? The one on Webster. Yeah, I mean, guy's on life support now. Well, for for those of you that don't know, this guy pulls up. There's this car creeping around. You know what, John? I'm all for rights. Uh, obviously, I would, right now, I don't. There needs to be 100 squad cars. Any car driving around at 1:30 and 2 in the morning looks like they're not going from point A to point B. You got to pull them over. You got to pull them over. I don't know what you call that, but you you you, you got. There's got to be 100 cars running around just looking to do damage in the middle of the night. You got to pull them over. The, the vehicle stop and frisk, whatever you want to call it. Anyways, this car creeping around. They see this guy walking down the sidewalk. He worked at it for a restaurant or something. He was coming home late. And all of a sudden, they're following him, following him. They pull around the corner. Guy parks. One guy gets out of the car, and he's standing there with a gun. Wants all the guy's stuff. Shoots him twice. Gets his his phone. Now, somehow or another, this is all on, not only on film, but on tape. How that happened, I don't know. But it's all being taped as well. The guy wants the password. The guy's hurt so bad, he can't come up with the password from the phone, so they shoot him on the head while he's on the ground. Because he can come up with the password fast enough. I don't, I don't, I don't know what color the man was who shot the guy. I suspect, I think I know, but I don't know for sure. I don't know what, what his nationality is. I don't know where he came from. Tell me, John, tell me, John, that that's a human being. I mean, at this point, that somebody can do that to somebody else. But, I think it was, it was like five or ten minutes before that incident. Those, those same 
people in that car are implicated in the holdup of a DePaul student up on Fullerton. So clearly this is, you know, these these people are circling around looking for vulnerable people, yep. then hiding out, you know, some stealth attack, ambushing somebody who's unsuspecting. Um, this is, you know, the fact that it ha- this happens in any neighborhood is shocking to me. Well, but right. it, it happens at all is, is shocking, and the fact that it happens so much is just you know tiresome. So, I I, I find though that until there's there's like I said before, and until the, the the criminals are more afraid of the cops than the cops are the criminals, we're going to just have more of this stuff because it's, it's an avalanche effect. Once people realize that this is this is a working solution to whatever problems you've got for, to support a gang or a drug habit or some other criminal enterprise. You're going to take advantage of every gap in the system. Well, Jan, what I, I I don't I can't really understand stealing from somebody since I've never done that. But if you did, why do you got to kill the guy? I mean, what, what, that's a whole new level. I mean, it's one thing, I guess, even to to have a gun out. It's quite another to be so happy to use it. I mean, what where did this where, where did this kid come from? Or guy? I mean, when what what is there is there a shred of of a chance? That the guy can be made, you know, a normal person. I, I don't see how that happens. How do you? How do you? How do you I mean, God, most people would 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 never treat an animal like that, much less another human being. I, mean, I don't. I, I just. I don't know where they come from. The the lack of parenting, the lack of something. But how does somebody get to? Let's say the guy's twenty years old. What what, what did you do the the twenty years to get to that point where you're going to shoot some guy in the head because he because he didn't give you his password fast enough when you already shot him twice. Now, there's a piece in the Tribune yesterday. I, I just read part of it, um, you know, sort of a retrospective on the uptick of violence. And unfortunately, the article, like so many other proclamations that we get from the people higher up, are that this is traceable to social conditions that are unfortunate, oh, bull lack of jobs. Bull bleep. I know a lot of people who... Blah, 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 blah. And all that, from a socioeconomic standpoint or a social worker standpoint, might have some legitimacy to it. But when you're in this kind of situation, you don't have time to worry about that. Those kinds of things; those are luxuries. Instead, if you can't protect people and stop this stuff from happening, you're not going to undo the ills that these people have suffered. You're, you're not going to fix things by giving these people a job. Um, as for the, the recklessness of it, you know, with the, just the, the craziness of shooting people for no apparent reason, I got to believe, Tom, that one of the reasons this is so frequent now is that there's so many young culprits, these people do not have a sense of not not just right or wrong, but just you know, of their own future or their own past to make more intelligent decisions. And I suspect that's one of the reasons why they're recruited so heavily and why they're so easily disposable, too, because they, they often get treated pretty lightly in the system. Um, they're good front people for the gangs because they are willing to take chances and do crazy things that somebody who's a little more seasoned on the street would not do for fear of you know, landing in an aggravated charge situation or a huge sentence. If you're 15, 16 years old doing this stuff, you don't have any sense of a 50-year sentence versus a 30-year sentence, and, and you're kind of hot-headed enough. Think of the, the dumb stuff I did, <laughs> or any, any kid did, just in the heat of the moment where you said something or did something that is an adult you would never have you know, taking a chance with it. It's just because you're younger and you don't have as many filters. Yeah, there, there could be... We did some dumb stuff together in college, okay, right? I mean, uh, never... I, I could see if somebody's really down on their luck 
and they could find a way to <clears throat> extend their unemployment for three weeks by scribbling out some BS or something, I wouldn't condone it. I can understand it. Doesn't mean I approve of it. That is so light years different than picking up another human being and shooting them four times or three times. That's not even on the same page. You and I were never even, we're not even, we're not even beginning to talk about taking somebody else's happiness away from them because you think you need their phone more than they do. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it is, you know, I I just, we're not even on the same. I'll give you a a quick, real quick story about uh, how the, where this all goes in terms of police work. This is, my buddy, uh, my little dog Scruff has been probably dead for, I'm going to say, seven years now or something. Anyway, so when my, my parents died, I, I bought this uh, this old pickup truck because we were cleaning out the house and all this stuff. Plus, I'd, I'd never been, never drove back from Arizona on Route 66. So I wanted to do that. So I could, it was like a, 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 a bucket list and other stuff. Anyway, I ended up with this old red truck. So it's in front of the house. It's, you know, when I say old, it was nice shape. <coughs> One day I walk out with Scruff. We were the first guys out the door. We were on the score at 5 in the morning in those days. So it must have been longer ago than that. And uh, all of a sudden I see the guy's car across the street's been broken into. You know, all the stuff's taken out of radio and all that stuff. I think, well, that's cool. So two days later I go out and somebody stole a tailgate off my pickup truck. I'm saying, well, that's not cool at all, basically. So this is, in one week, this is two nights. And, of course, the street lights happen to be out. And, I, and of course, the, the whoever is in streets and sand, whatever streetlights are out, they must call the people that are the hoodlums and get paid for it or something. Because you're always going to get something happen. At least it used to happen all the time. Uh, well, now they've got the new streetlights. They've been out in a while. Anyway, long story short, uh, don't tell it. Too late. So I call up uh, then Vi Daly's office, and I say, you know, in the last four nights, uh, boy, one guy got his car broken into and some knave stole my tailgate. Oh man, that's awful. Did your insurance? I'm not worried about the insurance. I said, I walked my dog at four in the morning because Scruff was on his last legs and you had to take him out for like a half hour before he figured out why he was out there, you know, but I, but he was my guy. So we'd be, we'd walk up and down Scruff. You gotta like do something. Anyway, so I said, you know, can I, can I carry a shotgun with me? Which I don't even have one, by the way. Well, no, you can't do that, sir. I said, well, why not? Well, uh, why would you want to carry one? Because two felonies essentially happened right in front of my house in the last five days. And i got to believe it's about the time that I'm taking my little guy out. I don't really want to be walking down the street and bumping into these idiots without some weapon. Well, you can't do that. We'll, we'll, we'll arrest you. I said, well, what about those guys? And she goes, sir, at that hour of night, we only have one squad car. Get a list, John, between North Avenue and Belmont in the river in Halstead. And I said, well, when I, Dr. J and I, when we drove in, the, the squad car usually was over at the strip joint making sure the strippers got to their car okay. Uh, maybe that was the reason, maybe not. Uh, anyway, the, uh, so I said, well, in the daytime, you got all kinds of people giving her parking tickets. And she says, well, this is, this is one of the flunkies for Vidaly. She goes, well, uh, that's revenue. And I said, well, if you were to ask your citizens, they would probably trade a bunch of the people giving them tickets during the day for people at night so their cars aren't getting broke into. Guess what she says to me? You you don't get to make that choice. Oh, nothing like pu- putting it into focus, Tom. Yeah. You don't <laughs> get this to... is seven years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. This is So I'm going to say that we probably still have the same one squad car at night covering a huge area 
and we had all kinds of people during the day giving people parking tickets. And I think that most of the citizenry, given what's happening, would like to see one person during the day <laughs> parking tickets and all these other people at night where everybody's getting killed. Remember, where am I wrong? Or they want them on the L platforms, they want them someplace. Well, you know, the, the, the parking ticket mania has been really bad for Chicago businesses. and I can't even, you know, begin to calculate its effect on people's willingness to shop in certain strips um, just because that. And now the, the, the you know, the, the traps that are set with the cameras, I mean, there's this one up here in Pulaski that everybody I know who has ever driven through it, and these are, you know, People older than I am are getting tickets because they're going 37 miles an hour in what should be a 40 zone because it's a four-lane highway there. Um, but no, it's right near a park, and they can amp up the, the cost of the ticket. And they're digging people left and right, and you know people <laughs> are paying the bills to whoever, and you don't get police protection in return for it. Um, I stopped going to the to the camps meetings years ago in my district here, the 17th district mainly because I just thought that these are only designed to give people an opportunity to vent. It isn't about translating oh, no. any complaints into action. Oh, God, no. So the whole thing about community policing is just a way of saying, because we give you a meeting room in our police station, and you can come in and bitch and moan for two hours, and we have to sit there and listen to it. It's like they've accomplished something. And I'm sorry, that that is after going to two or three of these and, and realizing how none of this ever resulted in any change in police behavior. Well, you see, I lost all confidence in the entire system of community policing. Well, Dan, it's a, it, you, you keep... The city is great at, at, at screwing people and then trying to get then taxing people. I mean, just the, the two places two places I like. Well, I mean, Tripoli taps right by me, so I just you know I just walked down a block. But I'm going to say when you went in there earlier, like if you want to see a game or something, you see a lot of couples stop in there and just have you know maybe have a drink, say hello to Nick or the bartenders, and then then they go off to dinner. Well, now you have to you have to pay to park in front of the place. I'll bet Nick lost ninety percent of that. You know, and when I say there's two, three couples, maybe a night. It's not a huge chunk. I bet he lost 80% of that business. No, nobody wants to come and park for a half hour. You have to pay for it. Now, one place I like, I don't, I, I, I take you there, but, uh, you never come out. Um, I like the, uh, you, you like, the, you ever been to Club Lago? Oh, yeah. I love the place. It's, but it's near north, and, uh, there's parking in front. I mean, Literally, if you park, if you, if you do the two-hour thing, if you have some dinner or something, what is it, 9.50? And this is after 5 o'clock. This is after business is over. I mean, there, there's been, I will bet you that there's been 25 nights. I just said, I don't know, I'd love to stop for a beer at Club Lago. I'll see if any of the, I know some of the architects in there are an attorney. It's a great place, great bar. You always get a conversation with somebody who knows more than you. You learn stuff. Uh, I just say, fuck, you know, screw it. I'm not, I'm not going to pay 9.50 or whatever it is. It goes up like every six months. I mean, how, much, how much business do you think Club Lago loses because of that? I, mean, I, don't, I don't think they can quantify it. And there's no one to do lobbying for any businesses like that, Tom. There's, there's no way for them to really band together. There's no way for it to be done on any kind of an experimental basis. Let's see what happens. Let's do a study and see what it does to revenue in places where we have this part, you know, pay structure parking and what happens you know where we don't do it quite so off awfully draconian in someplace else it, it, do you think the city would ever care about that do you think the no. city cares what business is, is driving away to the owners they, they only worry about the business that the city is, in, is in but getting. the people are 
they're stone cold morons. Not individually, because they're obviously good at something or they wouldn't be there, but how do you have a head tax and then wonder why people are leaving? I mean, you, you, you can't do both. SP Futures, hey, we're rallying. We're only down 71, not the 85 we were a minute ago. NASDAQ Futures only down 290. They were at 335. Who knows? Maybe we'll bounce back a little bit. We'll be right back. Stocks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Good morning. Give us a call about your stock. Triple eight seventy six jacks. That's eight 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 seven six five six two five seven. Or email us stocks and jacks at live dot com. Welcome back to stocks and jacks. I'm Tom Allen, Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down seventy three. 73, this is a, this is a step up. We're down 85 the last time we did this. NASDAQ futures down 299, they were 335. Up there we go, 300 again. Dow futures down, uh, see if they're still down, uh, 500. They were. And up 444, we got a bounce there as well. Every single stock I have in the Dow is down, uh, varying degrees here. Honeywell down 4, Home Depot down 760, we got McDonald's down 347, we got Microsoft down 650, Procter Gamble down 2, Salesforce down 455, and health down 760, so pretty much brutal across the board. Uh, Palantir, uh, came out with earnings this morning. They're down a buck 51 to 798, so what is that? 
that's 20 percent, 18 percent. That's a that's a number. Um, Jan uh, is a guy who doesn't invest every day uh, like I do. What do you make of all this? Around 25 percent on the QQQ, which is a Nasdaq this year. Uh, I got people that absolutely won't will not will not sell. They owe it to these companies. They bought it at 30. It went to 200. Now it's at 100, but they still own. They're still up 70. Somebody's going to sit and wait. I'm not. This is not a, a uh, any kind of a focus to sell. All I can tell you is five months ago, and I was talking about protection. You should have protected it, but now the cost protection is very high. The prices are lower. What do you make of all this, Jan? I mean, it, we're, we're losing the Fed doing what they're doing. We're losing money supply by the day because of the disappearance in wealth and uh, people having to sell stock for pay off margin loans and stuff. It, it pulls money out of the system because you can actually uh, create money through margin loans. I mean, it, uh, not many people understand how that all works, Jan, so I don't really want to go through it again, but uh, you understand where I'm coming from. That if, and, and oh, by the way, we've got the $3,000 limit of how, many cap, how much capital losses you can take toward an ordinary income, which the government will never change. And everybody keeps talking about those dirty Democrats or those Republicans. The fact is, neither side has ever changed that. Neither side does changes campaign financing laws. So look, let's not say the entire ills of the world are one side or the other and say together they work for themselves and somehow while they're, they keep keep us fighting, they keep moving on. Or am I wrong? Yeah, it's the you know the bar has been lowered for for both sides really, and I don't even think there are two sides anymore in a lot of these disputes. Um, you know, I, I always think of the Terry Savage, you know, advice. You know, she's occasionally on on the news programs uh, at you know crucial times when the things are up in the air and people are nervous about their portfolios. And, um, her mantra has always been. Um, if you hang out and stick with it, you know, nobody has ever lost money in the stock market. Bull, you know, you bull, bleep. Yeah, and yet, you know, this is, I think, what she's paid to say. As she says it a lot, you know, she gets lots of, of forums in which to say that. Um, the, the trouble is that, well, maybe if you're, if you're thinking in 50, 60 year cycles, that's one thing. If you're thinking, you know, if you've got how many years of your life left, or how many years before you retire, or whatever, your time frame is very different, and it's 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 brutally real for you. It isn't like you can think in theoretical terms. Oh, if I just hang out, you know, for the next you know quarter century, everything is fine. It, no, nobody can say they have that much time to worry about. So I, I've never bought that kind of thinking, and I think you know it's always dangerous to sell too soon. Um, but it's, it's maybe not as dangerous as not selling at all. So it's where do you draw the line, and how does somebody predict? You can't really predict, especially when you have such you know, crazy controls at the top now. <laughs> you know, I, I just don't. I'm glad I don't have too many sleepless nights because I don't deal in the kind of stuff that you and other people do. I would be at my wit's end, just trying to make sense out of you know, who's, who's backing me up here and who's working against me. Well, Jan, I tell you what, it's it's the it's the worst question you can ask anybody in my business, uh, anybody who actually gives a crap in my business, and I think a lot of people do. Um, I've got a client who's got, uh, I do some of the stuff for him, right? The, the sad part, Jan, is I know a lot of what the rest of the portfolio is that I don't have, and I, the stuff that I have, I protect everything. That's why they give it to me. But some people, you know, they might have a $10 million portfolio and give me one. 
well, okay, my my part's not up here, but it's it's down a little bit. But I'm worried about the other nine, you know, because I happen to know they have it because they sent me, you know, a, a statement and I went through this stuff for them. But the, the the worst thing in the world that you can do to anybody like me, uh, even though people you know, may not say it, I've got a I got I got a guy. We got a guy that has this uh, Nvidia stock, right? And uh, he's got a reasonable amount of it, and um, now the stock is down in the last, and of course everybody loves this stuff. It's Kramer's favorite stock. Why people listen to the guy, I have no idea. Uh, but the, um, I mean, you listen to the guy for entertainment, and if as long as you understand that's what it is, it's fine. Because I actually kind of like listening to him too. But don't the investment advice. Nobody, nobody knows whether these things are too high or too low. And the fact that he happens to know the chairman and like the chairman has nothing to do with the stock price. It may have to do with the company and their health, but there's just because you like the company doesn't mean the price is right. John, I love your tie, but I'm not going to give you 500 hours for it, right? right. I mean, it's as simple as that. One is you have to divorce one from the other. Well, now for the puts this Friday, now this is the stock is uh, down six and a quarter. So say the the 85 puts for this Friday were Friday night were 665. All right, so the, the stack was, I'll look here in a second, I'll, I'll uh, throw it up here. Stack was uh, two, traded two, uh, 89.46 on the 29th of March. And now we are where? The, uh, the 9th of May, so we're talking five weeks, and the stack is 180. So we're talking 105 bucks. So that's what 37 percent, something like that, um, in five weeks. So now the worst question is when you, especially when you mentioned, you know, it's pretty easy to protect it up here when the volatility was nowhere near high, high now. Now somebody's going to say, "Well, what do you think now?" Well, I can't sell it now. Well, obviously it's a better buy at 180 than it was at 295. I mean, duh. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we, we both can figure that out. Uh, but it's still 35, 40 vol, uh, PE, I think. I mean, somewhere in there. So it's not like it's cheapo. Now, last Friday, when, when I wanted to protect it for people, I could get the puts at a reasonable number. Now, last Friday, the one week puts, the, the, the insurance for one week was 650. John, you, you can't pay 3% insurance or whatever the hell that is for one week. It, it's too high. You mean it's it's like the the fire is coming over to you know the 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 top of the hill and you're calling your fire fire insurance guy saying hey how much insurance and didn't you quote me hundred hours a year ago that was a year ago that was before the flames were forty yards from your door it it it, it is I mean I, I don't want any of those calls today to be honest with you what do you think about it now oh, John I have no idea I'll tell you it's down a bunch I'll tell you the PE is still high and the price of insurance is to the moon you take it from there. Right. Add to that the fact that you have you know, places like like Netflix that you know when when they replaced the whole video industry, the DVD industry, and, and turned it into a, a streaming empire, and, and that seemed to be you know just a, a kind of a natural phenomenon, the wave of the future. This is how people will consume this kind of entertainment from now on, and they, they did really well for a while. They, they kept upping their rates all the time. But now it's pretty clear that they've never been upfront with their stockholders. The stockholders have sued them because of all the 
fraudulent numbers and the number of accounts they really have. And of course, this is you know, Wells Fargo was doing this back in the you know, making up fake accounts to make it look like they were more successful than they were. And you got companies that, despite their wealth and despite you know the, the advantages they have over other you know companies in the industry, do really stupid stuff. And when Lou was talking about what Disney did and how the, the stockholders should be all over them for the way they they caved the, the crazy elements in their own you know leadership group, um, it makes you think that these these companies are are damned by their money because they don't know how to run. <laughs> corporations intelligently or apparently even legally or honestly enough to continue to make money and they end up killing themselves just because they got too greedy or they got too stupid or too full of themselves well we, we need to uh, that needs we it's not up to somehow we have to deal with this management class that that Eric talks about and the idea that uh, when you I mean I would like to think that if if you and I ever put together a business, and of course, whatever the business was, we wouldn't have enough money to finance the whole thing. But, uh, um, but you would, uh, we'd, we'd say we'd, we'd find a, uh, we'd put together a business plan and we'd have to borrow some money, right? Well, you would think that at some point, if you're borrowing money, um, that the people, if you, if you become successful, depending on whether it's interest or whether, obviously, if it's long-term financing, you gotta pay the interest. If it's, if it's equity financing, meaning stock or, or preferred stock, at some point you should start giving people a return in terms of dividend or something. Now, appreciation in stock price is is one component of that. But if all of a sudden your management class decides that they really have done all this stuff and not anybody else, now granted, some of the ideas are theirs, and maybe not the people getting rewarded. The idea might have been somebody who's working on a, on a fourth floor, not the top floor, right? Uh could be his pad, and who knows what it is. But now you get to the point where, I, I mean, I, I don't have the time, but I'll bet you, you and I, if we spent a week, nothing else to do, we could probably find a hundred companies where the management class, not even the person, you know, if the guy invented it and it's his patent and that's what you're selling, maybe in some places it might be okay. Most of the time, they're going to be have paid like a hundred million dollars before the shareholders get dividend one. And, and and the worst part of it is they think they deserve it, and and now there will never be a dividend declared because they've given themselves stock options, and everything they do profits they're going to buy the stock back to pump it up so they can. This this ha- for for us to go forward, this is just one of the many things, Jan. We have to change, and one of the things, I mean, and, and nobody seems to like my idea. You've got to tax corporations the same as you do people. Everybody should pay the same number. Especially if they're going to be a, per, a person, but you let them deduct dividends because the management class does not want that. Because all of a sudden the shareholders will say, "Where's mine?" Because right now the double taxation of dividends makes these places want to pump the stock up. Want to? I mean, I mean Tesla—they never give everybody a dime. They got—they got trillion dollars from the from uh, from the government with these these carbon credits. And the guy's the richest man on earth. Does he even pay anybody? What do the shareholders get? Nothing. What, what company couldn't succeed with that kind of a giveaway? I'm sorry. Did I, yeah. I can't give any of these people credit for a, an original thought or an invention or anything else when you that, that kind of money being poured at you. You'd be stupid if you, if you couldn't succeed. So you know, where's the skill set here? I don't get it at all. Well, I mean, you, the thing about the management class, too, Tom, these people tend to migrate from one 
management level to another across industries, certainly across businesses or competitors. And they take their ideas with them and they propagate them elsewhere. So I think they're, they're from top to bottom in academia now, top yeah. to bottom in the medical professions. It's, it's all about insulating your corner of the income stream here from anybody else below you primarily. And of course they, they think they can throw big numbers around and make it look like this entity is succeeding. But yeah, it's succeeding at the expense of the people who are really paying the bills for it. Well, what, uh, you mentioned Netflix. Now just look at the pricing. And I'm not, again, I'm not giving any kind of investment advice here whatsoever. But I'm, what I'm saying is the stock on January, I'll pick a date here. January uh, was, oh, let's do this, 1231. Stack was traded six hundred and fourteen bucks. Uh, today it is uh, one seventy six, down four seventy nine. Yeah, and their PE ratio is still seventeen. Okay, so it's not like it's zero. And you might you sit there and say, okay, what is for what they do and their growth, which isn't all that much of right now, for what they do and, and from their growth, you're going to say, uh, is are they are they uh, um, ridiculously undervalued? I don't know. A seven, a six and a half, sixteen and a half PE ratio for what they do and their growth level, I might say, is fair. Now the question is, who, who paid six twenty for this thing five months ago? What, what were they thinking? Where did they think this thing was going to go? For for it to have to for for it to have a three and a half times. It, it was where it was three and a half times more expensive. Well, why did that thing deserve a what's three and a half times sixteen? Well, three is forty-eight plus another eight. Why did that? Th- why did this thing deserve a fifty-six PE ratio at the end of the year? Good question. Yeah, and I don't, I don't. Uh, I mean, I, figuring out when this stuff, you know, when a company becomes. This is one of the most fascinating things of, of the business, and one of the reasons why I love what I do, John, because I can never seem to figure it out. When does somebody say, instead of the most innovative place on earth, and these guys are the best, and you just got to get them at any price, until somebody says, man, it looks like they're just another company selling stuff, you know, and making a bunch of dough, and they're not going to triple in two years. They're, it's, they've, they've told us that now five quarters in a row. It's not like they're never going to grow. It's not because they, you know, not that they don't have any pricing power. The fact is, it doesn't look like it's a high flyer, especially with interest rates going up. One day you get that realization, and instead of six oh four, it's one seventy six, and you just you just hope you're not in the way when that happens. But this this constant belief that no matter what happens, you know, the, there were people who were saying this thing was going to a thousand the end of last year. Oh man, these guys are going to come up with even something else. People are paying even more for this and that. They get double their prices. Well, how much did they go up the one time where they where they did they did raise their prices? But now you have to look at every single stack you own, and it's not up to you or me. Like even Nvidia right now, I think is still forty sometimes earnings. Lululemon is probably still thirty-five times earnings. It, it's not up to me to say the stack at three hundred six or Nvidia one seventy-nine is a good or bad deal. But I at least hope if you're an owner of the stack, you realize that that thirty-five forty for an apparel maker is it better be like the singular apparel maker. Especially with interest rates going up by the day, I mean, it's where the stack's going to trade a month from now. I think 
they, they could do something tomorrow. They could find out that the headquarters is sitting on top of a diamond mine, Janet. The thing could double. You know, so I'm not going to give you advice saying one way or the other. I'm just saying at least you should know if you have a, a big chunk of your... Instead of just listening to the BS on TV, oh, man, this thing could go to the moon. You should know if you've got money, you're a chunk of money in something, what it, what is the P.E. ratio here? What it mean? I'll, I'll dig up. I'm going to guess uh, NVIDIA, even today, is, uh, is has got a reasonable P.E. ratio. Let's let's see. I mean, it was a, it's, it's quite a uh, NVIDIA P.E. ratio is... Uh, it's 49 as of May 6, 2022. It's 49. Stock's down 100 bucks and it's still 49. Okay. I mean, whether that's too high, too low, whether it's going to go back up 100, only, only the sparrow knows, right? But but the fact is, I would say that most people who own this and they're down 100 bucks would be would be stunned to find out that it's still 49. They it, and their idea that it's got to be a raging buy here, totally on sale and the best deal ever in the world. Might might not they might not think that if they say wait a minute the thing's still forty nine, but go ahead. I think you had to wonder Tom what you know I, I never studied it in depth when I first joined Netflix this is going on maybe seven or eight years ago I think but I've just you know I've watched the the subscription rates you know fees creep up very steadily and I you know every time I you know I, I pay it or watch it being deducted out of my account I think well. If, if they were really a growth outfit and they were continually attracting new subscribers, um, they wouldn't have to do this. Although it, it's definitely your, you know, Tom House law, which is absolutely the right one. People raise prices because they can. But I thought if they if they are doing this because they have just the number of subscribers they want and they don't care to add to them, this would be a pretty good way of discouraging new subscribers by continually raising their rates. It doesn't look as good a deal today as it did maybe five years ago. So I thought, well, how, how big are they really? And, you know, what are they, what's really going on behind the scenes? It doesn't seem to translate into better quality product, as far as I could see, in the offerings they had. And, of course, it's been this political football now with the Obamas getting involved and, and similar, you know, similarly thinking people who are using it as a political wedge to drive some kind of agenda, and, you know, the, the rates still go up. It, it's very much like the Disney thing, where it's, it's been hijacked by interests that have nothing to do with, with, with what the, the platform really is or what its, its mission may have been. And you have to think, well, what, who really does call the shots here, and what kind of data do they use to call them? Well, yeah, the Disney thing, I, uh, I read, of course, the, the right-wing piece that somebody sent me about how this implied deal between the then governor and Walt Disney and I'm going Disney's been dead forever and so is the governor I mean, how does that mean what the deal was I mean come on I mean, I mean, that's just the way they wanted it to yeah I mean, the implied <laughs> deal was Disney would never engage in any never have a political opinion oh wait a minute it sounds like it was a judge that always knew what they what the founding fathers wanted like he was there uh, <laughs> Scalia Scalia yeah. original intent yeah so. he was always, here's the original intent well, were you there I'm channeling you know John Marshall so Actually, though, John, can't you, if you want, if somebody really wanted to study, uh, can't you go back and uh, go back, actually go to archives and stuff and find out, like, the meeting minutes and stuff of the Constitutional Convention, actually did, can't find out what was being thought behind the scenes? Oh, yeah, there were note-takers, you know, with um, you know, sh- sh- 
shorthand skills of the day. There were various types of shorthand available to, to scribes who would jot down what was said, and it would be reported as debates used to be reported, you know, parliamentary debates in, in Europe and, you know, congressional debates in this country, and it would be newsworthy. But the, the best thing is to look at the Federalist Papers, because, you know, the, the swing states that were necessary to, for their votes to ratify the Constitution had, you know, some of the best writers at the time writing under pen names, Madison and Hamilton, people who were, you know, invested in the process and didn't want their names necessarily bandied around. So they would, they would sign these things under pen names, but they were written in such a way to make reasonable people respond in reasonable ways. And it, it, by the way they list the objections that, that they're trying to respond to, you know exactly what the word on the street is, even if you didn't hear it uttered in a debate, because all this stuff has been thought about as well as having been heard in various discussions. And the Federalist Papers, I used to teach them in American literature classes. Really? Because they are so cogent and so clear and so witty and, and just, you know, they're, they're entertaining writing, let alone the fact that this is down and dirty politics from the get-go, but it's, it's been elevated to this, this elegant prose that you can just read for its, its musicality almost. But, but you really see exactly what, what people who were not in favor of the Constitution were saying about it. And the, the Federalist Papers are written with those people in mind. They didn't just poo-poo them as being maniacs or, or people, we don't care what you think, or, you know, we're not even thinking about you. They had to go out and, and plead for those people's votes. So you get a kind of rhetorical study in making sure your opposition not only has been heard, but that they have been placated and, and you know, talked up. And this is how it, it used to be done. What it was, and, you know, the, the stuff that ended up in the Supreme Court kind of ended, was there because this other process hadn't worked well enough where people had just dug in their heels and weren't listening anymore. Um, and so you got stuff like the Dred Scott case and things that you know, had ugly ramifications because this process couldn't help out. Yeah, how close, how close did they come, if, if they even came close, to banning slavery in the Constitution? There had, there had to be some people who wanted to do that. Oh, yeah, and, and you know, of course the southern states were, were, were af- afraid that a constitution that everybody would agree to would have to leave slavery off the table completely, and they wanted it protected, as, as they wanted it in the, the various, you know, the Missouri Compromise, the Compromise of 1850 was still a hot-button issue, and the, the, the framers of the constitution knew if, if we don't treat this to their satisfaction, we've lost their votes on the whole thing. So it had to be couched in a way that the states were given the right. We're back in this with, with Roe v. Wade, and I really don't want to go down that path. You know, there's been too much said about it, but it's the same kind of thinking that if we if we can't agree as a, a nation on how to do this, then we'll let the states decide how it should be done. And the, the framers thought, if, if you are a slaveholding state and you want to protect your right to hold slaves, then we are not going to write a constitution that takes that right away from you. Well, they never. What, what, what else could they do at the time? Their goal was to get a unified country so that they could start taxing it and building a, a military and having a government and handle the territories that they were given. And they they couldn't just diddle around with this stuff indefinitely. Well, but so there were um, it's, essentially it was just silent on the subject. Just left it all up to the states, right? And then you know, you get all, all the, the the people today who are, are holding that kind of 
climate to a, a 21st century standard and saying that, uh, that all of the framers of the Constitution were racist and they were all males and they were all women haters, and you name it. I mean, you can, you can make up a list of their defects. It's a mile long. But, but who has ever been perfect in human history? And I think the people in the 21st century yelling the loudest might be the most ridiculed in the 22nd century, assuming we have one. Um, I, the, the, the fact that they didn't get to the result that we would like to see today isn't their fault. <laughs> I just don't see the reason why we have to dig up these bodies and beat these people up because they didn't find a solution that we're still working on. Um, we haven't figured out how to do it either. Even though you and I had many, many years of Catholic education, I've never been what you call a biblical scholar. But the, the, the one line that reverberates almost daily was the one where... Uh, well, he without sin cast the first stone. Oh yeah! <laughs> if, if, if we if everybody just remembered that, we wouldn't have very many stones flying. I mean, I'm the, just the woman taken in adultery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here, you stoning is the punishment. Here, who's going to be the first one to do it? Are you, who, 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 who among you are blameless? Yeah. It's, it's, I. Uh, well, Jana, are, are we this this uh, what's going to happen in the market is is doing some of the Fed's work for them because it. I said I didn't want to go into a whole dissertation, but if a stock runs up and you can borrow against it and put the money in a bank, that essentially increases increases the money supply. Now, if all of a sudden you have to sell your stock and you have to pile money back in, or the margin calls you're getting from these firms, which I think have to be going out daily, uh, that, that wants to decrease the money supply. And I think the people who are losing money here this is why I, I mean, people say, why the hell is this guy who is living is investing and have people he's money manager for, why does he not want the market going up every day? John, I do want it going up every day. I want it going up for all the right reasons. If things are growing, people are doing better, and companies are doing better. I mean, I, I, I want that every single day. Yet, I also know that if it goes up more than it, quote, should, and comes back down, any kind of a crash scenario or a big sell-off, more money's lost on the way down than it's made on the way up. And people outside the industry don't understand that. It has to do with taxation. It has to do with margin loans. And, and it's just not right. And, uh, I mean, I hope, I hope by the time you come back on on uh, Thursday, this, this this bus has turned around here a little bit. But right now today, it's still we're down 71. As if you're just down 286. Am I going to see you this week, maybe? The judges and so forth? Maybe. Actually, I'm going to be downtown tomorrow night. But, um for something unrelated to stocks on Jackson, unfortunately, I'm, I'm dreading it time because it's going to be 88 degrees. Oh god! Nobody will have the air conditioning on. You'll be you'll be a right. you'll be a sweat sickle. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back, stocks and Jackson. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trade ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is seven ninety on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox 
jocks at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Allen. Mr. Burn on the board. SP Futures down 71. Sounds awful, uh, but we were down 85 last time we did this. So it's awful minus. It's a little bit better than it was. NASDAQ futures down 287. Again, they were down 335. Dow futures down 429. They were down over 500. So I guess it's uh, down so low it's starting to look like up. Matt, is it what they say? Uh, DAX down 205. It's 1.5%. Puts you down 131, 1.8%. Kick around on, on 126. That's over 2%. So uh, down down everywhere over in Europe. Asia Nikkei down 684, 2.5%. Shanghai actually up to... So call that flat. Hang Seng, not so though. Down 781. It's 3.8%. Uh, let me take the time here real quick if I, if I can to do this. Hang Seng, we'll go out, uh, how far are we gonna go out here? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll say, uh, one year ago, the Hang Seng was at, it's at 20,000. It was 20, uh, 29,280 last July. So it's down uh, a third in a year, um, not even a year, 10 months. Um, I think the term there would be ouch. Uh, no, that's not good. Um, and they've, had, they've taken a lot of the big brunts of some of these uh, uh, high-tech firms that we don't want here and then we do want here. I mean, all that kind of stuff they've had to deal with. Uh, just as a way of review on Friday, Dow was down 98, S&P down 23, NASDAQ was down 173. That was over a percent, 1.4 bonds. Uh, two thirty seconds, two thirty seconds, two two basis points to three point one four. The Bund up one, one point one five. Japan unchanged at point two five. Still, Japan is at point two five, and we are at three point one four, up from I want to say one point eight a while ago. So that's what's causing all this flipping, flipping back and forth. Maybe four, mostly fourth in the Dow versus the yen, as the Dow's gotten stronger versus the yen, which 
you would expect as the interest rates here go higher. People would rather be here overnight than in Japan. Uh, oil down 256, 107.21. Brent down 246, 109.93. Natural gas up six cents, 810. Arbob down a penny, 373. Gold, whack, whack down 1740, 1865. Silver down 57 cents. These things are better than they were earlier, believe it or not. 21,000, 20, 21, 2179. Uh, copper down 12 cents, 413. And we've got crypto. Bitcoin down 1,632,954. That's a lot of stuff. What do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports, man? Cubs. Cubs suck. Cubs not doing so good. Uh, 7.36 a.m. on Monday, May 9th, 2022. And the sports real quick. Uh, Mavericks versus Suns. Suns lose 101 to 111. 76ers against Heat. 76ers win 116 to 108. In baseball, White Sox win against Red Sox 3 to 2. Cubs brutally lose to Dodgers. That's 1 to 7. The Diamondbacks beat down Rockies 4 to 0. Now into weather. Chicago partly cloudy. 55 degrees, a high of 79, and a low of 53. Uh, in Phoenix, clear skies, uh, 67 degrees, a high of 86, and a low of 63. Traffic in Chicago, traffic eastbound on Eisenhower between Wolf Road and Sacramento Boulevard. Traffic westbound on Eisenhower between Castner Avenue and First Avenue. Traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland Avenue all the way to downtown. Traffic westbound on the Kennedy between West Monroe's and North Nagel. Traffic westbound on Dan Ryan between uh, 59th. Uh, down to LaSalle. After that, it's heavy traffic to downtown. Traffic northbound on the Stevenson between Illinois Route 171 and South Pulaski. And finally, traffic northbound on Lakeshore between uh, Stevenson and East Jackson. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you. Well, that's enough. Do we have Miss Audrey? Is that a yes? Hello? Are you with us? Um, I think so. Yes. All of a sudden, uh, you picked me up. My volume was down dramatically. So let me, uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. You're coming in loud and clear. Okay. Then we're good to go. We're good to go. Uh, we have another carnage in the market this morning, although we're only down 65 spoos odd. We, we were down 85 when I started, so I guess that's progress. The buy the dippers are doing something. And for those that don't know, Audrey is, uh, has her own real estate firm, very successful, and, uh, does a very good job, if I say so myself, or I, if I could say that to her <laughs> while she's on the air, uh, I'll never hear the end of it. Uh, but uh, also is still a, uh, a broker at PTI uh, when when we need her, and uh, and is, was was on the trading floor as a, a broker in the in several pits, so she knows this business. What what do you make it a sell off here this morning before we get into the real estate part? This is getting pretty brutal. Well, I think it's been short. It's been telling markets been telling us. It's coming for a while, and uh, yeah, people are saying, you know, um, a recession's coming. Well, a recession has started, uh, and we're in it, and I don't see anything uh, but a good slide down. I think you're going to see your spoons break uh, 4,000 4, 4, there, you know, 3,000, and then we, we, I think we, that market's going right through and uh, go straight down. So I think we're going to see a continued decline with a uh, little gas for air, a few dead can bounces, but I don't see anything good coming for quite a while here. So I think you either uh, better protect your portfolio or get ready for a pretty bumpy ride. Well, Lord, we had the, we got the queues down 25% from the beginning of the year this morning, and they bounced here a little bit. Um, well, they were down, what, five weeks in a row? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, say that's down 25%. Or are you... If you had to pick a bottom, we had a few people. I mean, I, I'm trying not to, but are we talking 40% now? What are we doing here? I mean, it's 
No, I, I don't. I, I think we're just, we've got a steady downtrend coming, and people who've not weathered a down market in a while and thought that stocks only went up are, are slow to realize that this is not a temporary phenomenon in the current economic and world situation we're in. And I think a lot of better people better wake up and take a look at if they're looking to retire the next year or two, they better do something quick. Oh, by the way, I saw this here. I don't know if this is if this is you. I'm saying it's probably not. But now the latest is uh, they got all these old old uh, old timers. They're retiring on cruise ships. They're just cruising around the world for like two years, and then getting on another one and doing it again. And don't even oh, that, that is not a new thing. That's been going on for a long time. Of course, you have to have pretty deep pockets to do that. That's true. Whether you're going to spend a quarter million minimum to go around the world for a year. Um, Okay. Yeah, that's, I don't think I could do that for longer than a week. Yeah, no, 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 sir. I could do, I could do, uh, maybe Eastern Mediterranean where I was dying to see the places you were going. I could do Alaska or something, but uh, the other parts, I, I got no, no interest. Yeah, some people love it. I it just, so what is, what is yeah, the, do, uh, but being out in the middle of the ocean and the storm is not fun. Everybody's never done it. Um, no. Well, it's, uh, I wouldn't mind taking a trip from uh, New York to London just for laughs. One way, I would have to fly back. No. It's yeah. too much ocean for me. <laughs> it is a lot of ocean. I, if, if I'm going to die, I'd rather fall out of the sky in a jet fashion than be eaten by sharks. But that's just me. Um, you think that's a pretty strong possibility in a, an ocean liner eaten by... We're not talking about the Titanic, I hope. Well, you never know, right? Um, the immortal words of Willie Townsend. What do you might have known in Notre Dame? One never knows. Do one. <laughs> All right, so yeah, but in the meantime, I think I think your stock market is going to go right to thirty thousand and keep on going. So it'll be interesting to see. Well, there's a, a view from the bearish side. I happen to happen to agree with you, but I, as you you know, I mean, about being being into business, I think she. Well, you don't agree with me too much, but I'm, I think you agree with me when I say that when the market goes flying up and flying back down, people lose more on the downside than they made in the upside. Because of margin loans and because they of the do, tax. but if you're smart, you can make faster money on the downside than you can on the upside. Well, that's but how many people do that? They're in love with these stocks, so I, you know that. I said, if you're smart, yeah. Well, <clears throat> how come? Uh, <laughs> how come people getting? Well, you remember in 2000, you couldn't. You remember <laughs> we had people. How many people do we have that had retired from Oracle that had the stock and just yep. couldn't believe the stock couldn't go below 60? Or fifty, or forty, or whatever. How many people live by the altar of Cisco? For God's sake! And it's all they, that's all they do. Yeah, what, you know, now it's Apple like Chrysler, or, or any of those. Yeah, I mean these were companies that you, you you lived and died for. A lot of people work for them. Anyway, so I contrast what's going on here, and I mean the last gasp. You just you know you've had a couple successful sales in the last week or two. We're you know it's, let's I won't say it's the top, but. uh it's a slightly different than what you're seeing in the stock market right now. Are they going to match uh, up here or what? The real estate, the real estate market is, is hotter than it's been even since the COVID crisis started. The, the real estate market is still hotter than last year right now simply because their inventory is so strained. Interest rates, as most people have known, there are the three rates, 4% rates are gone. Uh, that's not happening. Rates right now are running... Uh, five to the half, roughly, and we'll have to bet some people with very good credit. There's a decent amount down, but the market is very hot. There's considered to be multiple bidding wars 
on price on housing that is desirable, something that's neat, well-kept, moving condition, um, big bidding wars on things, not just price now, but you have other factors coming in where people are willing to weigh appraisals and uh, let, uh, you know, weigh, even now the latest thing, which I actually uh, was doing another radio program last week and went out on a limb and ventured to call a top in the market here that uh, once people start waiving appraisals and be willing to make up the difference in cash, if there's a shortfall on a bank appraisal on a mortgage, uh, to me that means we're, we're right here at the top. So are you... Uh, people don't understand. Go ahead. Are you going to be the 2022 Elaine Gazzarelli? I don't know. Who knows? It allegedly called the top at 87? To me, um, that's what people don't understand. And just as something that people were, if you're out there bidding on a house, it's very easy to get caught up in the fact when you're bidding that you want the house. And I always caution my people that I know you like the house. Don't fall in love with the house until you close on it. Be willing to walk away if the stakes get too high. Uh, yes, I understand a bidding word, and yes, you are probably going to overpay for a house that is moving, conditioned, and beautifully redone. But what people don't realize when they wave an appraisal, let's say if the house is 350 and the house literally sells for 400 and they waive the appraisal. That means that when that buyer goes to the closing table, they have to bring an additional $50,000 out of their own pocket plus whatever their down payment is for the bank, 10%, 20%, whatever it is. So as soon as they, and if the bank appraisal comes in at three fifty, and they still close, and they bring the 50000 to the table, you are instantly underwater. You have no equity in the house at this point in time. So, God forbid that you got transferred, lost a job, had to move for some reason, you, you would not have any equity in your house. You, again, you would walk away probably having to bring money to the table if you couldn't sell, uh, sell the house for what you sold it for. What is there a... We need to be very careful about that. Well, there's somewhat of a... Unless you're rich and don't care. Well, there's somewhat of a... a I'll say a bifurcation. How's that for a word this early on a Monday morning? In, in the market, and I never see you, you know, all that worried. Well, you, you worry, I worry about all our clients, but uh, I never see you all that worried if somebody if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I, I sold a condo in New York for like, you know, 800 grand, I want to buy a house. If, if they pay up a little bit, they're essentially, I mean, every trade's separate, so it doesn't mean, you know, making a bad deal here is, but the point is, they're they're sort of trading dollars. It's not really the same as as uh, a young couple who have you know, scrimped and saved up fifty grand for them to piss away to fifty grand on a first time home buy. It's it's it it's the same fifty. I get it, but it's on one hand you're you're kind of you're making trades like okay, I'll, I'll yeah, it's not the, yeah, it's not the same fifty because you're 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 thinking that this house you love it you love it so much, and here's where emotion gets people. You have it so much that you're going to waive the safeguards that the bank has put in effect to protect you, themselves, basically, basically, as always, but also you. So if you're willing to overpay that much for a house that in a neighborhood does not currently support a value, it just uh, should waive all kinds of red flags to you and to your realtor. You have to really think that through 
before you make that kind of well, in the last sacrifice. couple of months, this is one of these deals where anybody who's ever, which is just about every male, who's ever had a wife or a girlfriend, the accusation always is that you're not listening. But the simple fact is, I do listen. And you have actually created... Yes, that's, that's a topic for another day's show, but okay. <laughs> but the fact <laughs> is, I do listen. And uh, you've created a very interesting picture that if you were to write an article, and I, I, I would help you on some of the stuff, and what's different this time is there's there's never any just one thing going on. That's that's the beauty about economics and why it, it makes it interests me to this day. There's always more than one thing going on. And on the one hand, you have people. I think uh, prices, all prices, are going up, in which I talk about every day, faster than the average person's rates. I think that's a fair assessment. Would you agree on? Um, yeah. Is that and, that what you, and what you've talking about is that these prices are running up to anything that's decent pretty darn fast. But what you've added the last couple of weeks, which I guess I didn't think about as much, it's slightly different. In some in some ways, it's worse because you brought up the fact that even at the inflated prices of the houses you're selling, that the replacement costs, given the components, meaning the wood and the plasterboard and all the other crap. You couldn't you couldn't put one of these things up for so there's there's like no competition coming from new homes because even if a house has gone from the, the ones you sell I mean, you sell different price ranges but say Odd sells a house for four hundred thousand that two years ago was three fifty the the prices of all the components of the house the reason why there's not you know fifty eight idiots out there building new houses if there was profit to be made here there really isn't because the cost of, of putting this 400 house up that used to be 350 might be 450, which is a phenomenon that I don't think I've ever seen before. And I, by the way, you, no, I don't know if you've very ever, interesting. but you've, yeah. you've, you've mentioned all these things. I don't know if you've pieced them together like, like I just talked about, but it's, it's a, it's a very interesting mix, isn't it? Well, it is, and that is a big part of things. And actually, I had friends of mine who were, uh, moving out of Illinois, I mentioned that and moving to Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. And back in last August, I want to say, had contracted to buy a house for a million dollars. Okay. And the builders told them probably six months. Well, it got closer to that time frame, about three and a half, four months down the road, closer to their estimated date, and the builder came back to them and said, not only could he not close on time because he could not get the materials, but he had to tack another $70,000 onto the price tag. So, you know, uh, it, it was, no, it wasn't 70. I'm thinking of the wrong house. It was. I say 70, he probably could absorb it, doesn't uh, it? Yeah. It, was two, it was two and a quarter. Yeah. $225,000 additional uh, for the supplies. And he couldn't give her an exact date because he wasn't quite sure if and when it would all come true, so they ended up not buying that house. Because he uh, couldn't guarantee that it was going to cost more. So it is a, a very, uh, you know, between the plywood and, and nails and uh, also labor, getting skilled labor to put a house together, carpenters, electricians, etc. they're just not out there. There's not enough to go around. Well, because the phenomenon, the economic, and that's what, uh, I mean, you and I have, talked over uh, 
nice dinners and stuff like but this is this the economy is is just not working i mean i talk about it with everybody i just talk about an hour with jen flanning it, it's just not working because this stuff when in a free free market economy which we used to have and hopefully will happen we'll have again someday all this stuff comes together i mean if, if I'd, all of a sudden there's a there's a demand for a house that, that she even thought a year ago was 350 and all of a sudden people are bidding 375 there should be five guys or ladies doesn't have to be one or the other say wait a minute there's houses out here that are dated they need to be fixed up uh, these people are just gonna nobody's gonna buy these things for 350 like the last price uh, oh, I just sold a place for but I can get this I can pay somebody as is for 220 and they may have bought the place for 120 years ago. They're happy as a clam to go to go live with a sister in Arizona or whatever. They're off and gone. And now I could sit there. I could take this two twenty. The place is still standing. I could put in a windows, kitchens, bath. It's going to cost me eighty grand. That two twenty plus eighty equals three hundred. Now I've already sold it for me for three fifty. I'm happy too. But now that eighty is now one thirty, right? And I'm sitting there going, I can't take that kind of risk for twenty grand when I'm. When, I, when, when my risk is now, my all-in is 330, my margin's now 20, what if something goes wrong? What if the rates go up? All of a sudden, you're not getting, you, you should see stuff flashing on the market. Every time you tell me that there aren't any houses available, there should be newly remodeled new houses available to pick that up, and it's not happening. It's like it's like your industry's uh, supply chain problem, right? It's like something's not working. In addition to the fact that the houses themselves are going up in price faster than people's ability to pay for them. So, like, all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff seems to not be working, right? Or is it just me? It's a, it's a very strange scenario. That people say, is it like 2008? No, it's not. Because it's got, it has nothing to do with, the, with qualifying for mortgages. The mortgage, it's really hard to get a mortgage now. There's a lot, a lot of hoops you have to jump through. If you haven't bought a house in a long time, you'd be very surprised. So it's not coming from the mortgage end. It's coming from, uh, you know, just the, the, the roots of the economy. And I think that if you are not in the right business, in the right livelihood, you're feeling it. So most of middle America is feeling it every time they go to the gas pump, every time they go to the grocery store. And even the people who live in an old house and want to remodel it, even just somebody wants to do an average remodel, say, well, I'm really sick of that bathroom. They're not going to do it because the cost of supplies, I have several people who have bought second homes who are not poor people and had discretionary income, obviously. But when it came to the cost of estimating to redo it, they said, no, I'm not paying that much to fix the house. I'll wait and live in it as it is. So you're also seeing that phenomenon where people are just waiting. Well, you know, I, I, I used to remodel homes in my ute, even though I doesn't think I could pound a nail in, but the uh, the thought of me having a, a 20... You two nails in. Two, <laughs> the thought of me paying 20 grand to remodel a regular bathroom, I'm like, are you serious? It <laughs> seems like a lot of dough for a bath. I mean, how, how much is a toilet? How much is it with 20? What are you talking about? I mean, I, I can't even... It's, I, I, these numbers, I don't even, I don't recognize. I mean, because it was so long ago I was doing it, I guess. But I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's crazy. I don't know how people. The uh, I, don't, I don't know. We still PTI has been a member of Sam's Club forever. We get stuff for the office and everything, and uh, hadn't been there in ages. And 
I mean, uh, I mentioned earlier my little, my little dog Scruff that I used to walk for before anybody else came out. Well, Scruff had an issue when he got older; he couldn't eat dog food anymore, so I had to cook for him, right? Which is fine with me. So, of course, I, I would get the the best rice in the world. I got that balsami rice with a little with a little burlap sack, which is great because you can use the <laughs> yeah, burlap sack for it. stuff. I think I used to pay the then unheard of price. How long has Scruff been dead? Eight years, nine? I mean, I, I think I bought. The, I used to pay the then unheard of price, like of seven bucks, for that rice. And of course, everybody told me I'm an absolute knucklehead for paying that much for for myself for rice, let alone, let alone for, for poor Scruff. I wouldn't have paid for it for me, but for him, I did. Uh, I went by it at Sam's. It was twenty bucks. That's in, yeah. eight, in eight years. On it, how, how does the price of rice triple? Damn near. And, and we're talking about rice. Everything has huh? gone up so much in pricing. It really is, it's, and the acceleration is the average person on a fixed paycheck who's trying to feed their family, fill up the gas tank, go to work. We're all, it's the same scenario where there is no margin for an emergency in the house. Uh, you know, an emergency air conditioner going out or the car breaking down, let alone thinking about upgrading the home you're currently in. So well, people are becoming more afraid, um, and that's the, the people that are affected were afraid a few months ago, way before Wall Street became afraid because it hits them first. And the people are still were embedded in all their profits who only thought that stocks could only go up. Um, are just starting, starting. A lot of people have still not realize that this isn't a temporary blip without, before things get worse. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that beautiful when you think, you hope you're wrong and you, and, and you think you're not? Uh, I, I will disagree a little bit on it. If, if I wouldn't, I wouldn't have you on if I could disagree with you a little bit. The, uh, 2008 fiasco in housing. I think when, uh, you know, you're not, you're not big on genuine westerns, but, it's like man who shot Liberty Valance when the when the no, you watched that the forty times in a row. No, go ahead. Uh, you know when the, when the legend conflicts with the facts, print the legend. The the, the legend of two thousand and seven and two thousand eight, and I understand the whole part about the Goldman Sachs's and putting all the mortgages and the leverage and all that stuff. Probably more than most, but the, but the root cause of the problem was housing prices outstripping the owner's ability to pay for them. In, and it got compounded by all the other crap that Audrey mentioned. But that really was the root cause. And we're, we're right back to that same root cause. Right? I mean, the, in the last year and a half, the prices, and you tell me about most of the deals, I don't, you know, I, I don't dig into Audrey's business, but I mean, how many people, the last five houses you sold in the rest of the neighborhood, how many people could afford their home at the price you just sold the new house for? Well, I well, I disagree with you a little bit. I don't think that that's as big a factor because people are making, have made more money. I don't understand your whole, they were obviously, when you look at it, we're not as well off as we were in the 60s and 70s where when a car was $4,000 yeah. and your average house is maybe 100 You know, when you're buying your house and we're buying Midway Airport, where they were building them brand new back that time. Um, but people have had cash and have been doing well at their jobs. So, again, is that everybody? No, it's not. But certain income stratas and certain professions have done well or outpaced inflation. Yes, they have. I mean, if you yes. were in certain parts of the medical field, if you were in the IT field, 
um, you're writing your ticket in a lot of places. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. We seem to have. So it's a very scattered response, but the economy has finally gotten, I believe, everybody's attention. Well, thank you, Ed. Uh, good stuff, and uh, you know, good luck this week. Um, I like, but oh, real quick, um, you mentioned people are waiving the appraisals, but if you find out that they're that the owner covered up like some huge crack somewhere, you still have recourse, don't you? Well, you still get your seller's disclosures. Uh, if, if you waive an appraisal, then you're waiving an appraisal. Oh, no, I mean, so you if you don't waive, have that recourse. I'm sorry, if you waive inspection. If you, mean, if you, I'm sorry, if you waive inspection. Yeah. But, I mean, if somebody, if somebody puts a rug over some massive crack in the foundation, that's still a problem because they told you there's no leak, right? You waived an inspection. I know, but... Now, that's where you're going to get the territory. If it says, I am aware of cracks, and you say no, and there is, but you've also waived your right to check that, is he wrong? Yes. Are you going to chase him through court? And, and, and so that's, a, that's hence the problem of waiving things. If you're going to yeah. waive anything, an appraisal or inspection, you really, really better do your homework. Well, I'm definitely going back for a second <laughs> look if I'm waiving an inspection, boy. Just saying, if it was me. Well, Ed, thank you Absolutely. very much. SP Futures down 63. NASDAQ Futures down 253. We'll tell you all about it tomorrow. This could be a good one today, one way or the other. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. And that's how she wrote.